Next on BYU Sports Nation, forecasting 2017 BYU football. What will we all be saying about the Cougars at this point next year? David Nixon on his way too early 2017 BYU football win total and President and Coach Steve Cleveland on what BYU Hoops needs to do between now and Gonzaga. Plus a rankings <laughs> remix. Four sets of college football rankings involving BYU. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, January 10th, and however you're dialed in, it's great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Mission Trip Benefactor, Jerem Jordan. I went on a mission trip. Man, I was a great athlete after. Wait, I became way worse. By the way, we need some WD-40 for your uh, remix. <laughs> it's a My little, remix machine? It's a little squeaky. <laughs> Sounds like a uh, bicycle. <laughs> the rusty chain. Well, that's, uh, it's, you know, that's, that's yeah. DJ Lint Dizzy right there, dude. <laughs> like the Lego movie? Wild Sal? Is that your DJ name or is that your real name? What? What, what is that? Oh, Mission Trip Benefactor is brought up once again during Kalani Satake's appearance and performance in the coach's film room as part of ESPN's mega cast on the national championship. I like Kalani Satake's sense of humor. When he's kind of annoyed, he'll be funny about it. Yeah, he'll he crack a humor. joke. When I'm annoyed, I'm just mean. So Kalani Satake is a better person than I am. But Syracuse head coach Dino Barber, if you didn't hear this last night, he took a shot at BYU having older offensive linemen. Just listen to Kalani Satake's response. A lot easier protecting when those offensive linemen are a little bit older than So, so now... <laughs> hey, they didn't go on a mission to Gold's Gym, I can tell you. Those guys are riding bicycles and, and eating ramen noodles for two years. But if, if, it, if, it was a great, right if it was a great system to develop your athletes, Alabama would be doing it. We all agree, right? And not one of their guys is going on a mission. So, case closed. Point Kalani Satake. Yeah. Well, well done by him. If it was so great, Alabama would be doing it. Yeah. Shut it down. Yeah. Yeah, that was money <laughs> for sure. What a game, by the way. Oh, well, I, I didn't think the first three quarters were that Awesome. I thought the fourth quarter was amazing. To, to end the college football season with a score with one second left? Wow. Okay, Steve Sarkeesian, by the way, he called a good game for Alabama. 31. I got exactly what I wanted. Yeah, which was what? Steve Sarkeesian performing well in his offensive coordinator duties and Clemson winning the game. I wanted Clemson <laughs> to win as well. I picked Alabama to win. Uh, they did not. But I, I thought that was a, a really awesome ending. And I, like I said yesterday, I think it's good Alabama lost. It, it, what was the rating? 15, second lowest since 05? That's not a compelling matchup nationally. It's not. People were tired of Alabama, I think, a little bit. So I'm still going to watch it personally, but I mean just the general populace. So it's a fun way to end the college football season. Now the long, dry, dreary offseason is upon us. Hey, at least which Clemson. Is sad. At least Clemson, led by five foot nine Hunter Renfro. Oh, Hunter Renfro. Like, if you saw him playing in the intramural flag football final or something, you'd be like, all right, that guy's pretty good. Dude has, like, five touchdowns in the playoffs the last two years. Yeah, two last night. Wow. 
in a Clemson 35-31 win. Don't let people tell you you can't do something. Hunter Renfro. Lost in the shuffle of all of this, Jerem, Clemson preserved the NCAA record that BYU still holds a share of with 14 wins in a single Division I football season. Thank you, Clemson. Thank you, Hunter Renfro. By the way, <laughs> BYU's going to play 14 games next year. They're going to play 13 in the regular season. They're going to go to a bowl game. 14. Somebody out there saying, It could be 15 in the playoff. Nope. Here are today's <laughs> BYU Sports Nation headlines. College football has officially ended. Uh, boo. And that means final polls. BYU finished 11 spots out of the concluding AP Top 25 poll receiving nine votes. Does that mean they're 36, Spencer? It means they're 11 out, right? <laughs> it's a I've, top 25 poll, not a top 36. I conceded that one. <laughs> I have conceded that one. The USA Today finalized its 1 through 128 rankings for all teams in the 2016 college football season. BYU finished 30th hey. in that rundown. Hey, solid. Okay. I'll take 30s. Yeah. First year. Top 25%. Let's go. And the Cougars also finished 31st in ESPN's Football Power Index. Respectable. Okay, in the 30s. I like it. Next step is uh, winning 10 games, trying to get into the top 25. Speaking of, in ESPN's way too early college football top 25 rankings in 2017, two of BYU football's opponents are ranked. Wisconsin at 9 in Provo and LSU at 15, neutral site Houston, week 2. How many wins will the Cougars have next year? David Nixon weighs in on that coming up at the bottom of the hour. There is an outside shot that BYU's first three Division one games, because you take out Portland State, but the first three Division one games they play next year will be against top 25 teams. Oh, I would count on it. LSU, Wisconsin, Utah. They finished in the top 25, all three of those teams. How about that? Mm. And two of those at home, by the way. Exciting. Yeah, who cares about wins next year, Jerem? Let's, let's recap what happened this year with our, our stat, stat of the, of the day. day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's one of 41 teams to win at least nine games. That kind of surprised me. So top 32% in college football. I'm surprised there were that many that won nine games. That's a lot. 41? 41 out of 128 teams. Yeah. Here's, here's the next level, okay? So 25 teams won 10 games. Or more. Or more. So 18 of those got ranked. So if you have a 72% chance this year if you win 10 games to get ranked. With BYU's schedule, if BYU won 10 games, I think they would be ranked. So next year it's like go at least 10-3 and three in the regular season. Get ranked. 11 plus, uh, teams that won 11 plus, 10 teams. There's the cut line for like the A-level teams in college football. If you win 11, that's a really good season. You know what's interesting about BYU opening the season next year against Portland State? A lot of the eyes Vikings. will be on that game because... Yeah. It's, it might be the first game of college football. It's either the first or second. Yeah. I mean, a which, lot, which is a lot of people will be watching that game. Which can be maybe good live and bad. right here on BYU TV. <laughs> we'll see. Eric Mika of BYU Basketball, one of five players on this week's NCAA.com All Week Team, not W E A K, but W E E K. After averaging 22 points and 10 rebounds in two games last week, the Cougars host San Francisco Thursday, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. President Coach Steve Cleveland will join us to discuss Cougar hoops and the immediate future coming up in about 15 minutes. And men's volleyball drops a spot to number four in the AVCA poll. BYU has three, uh, three home games this week. They debut at home this week. Starting Thursday, watch the Cougars on Saturday for the first time on BYU TV at 9 Eastern against McKendry. 
Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Football future forecast. We are an undisclosed number of days away from BYU <laughs> opening the 2017 football season yes. against the Vikings of Portland State on August The number 26th. doesn't matter. It really doesn't. And it shall remain undisclosed on this program until yes. further notice, until our hands are forced. <laughs> yes. Today, who cares about game number one? We're focused on one year from now. So the Twitter question, please, Jerem. What will we be saying about BYU football on this day next year? Use the hashtag BYUSN, at Jelly Belly Kelly. The coaching staff has matured, Squally stepped up, and we had a great season with only one Hail Mary from Tanner. We had one Hail Mary from Tanner this year, too. It just happened to be from five yards out in the Poinsettia Bowl. <laughs> That's one way of looking at it. So as I was thinking about this forecast situation, Jeremy, I couldn't help but think about our news desk names. Mm. So alongside yeah. Tate McClanahan, I'm Kent North in the First Alert Forecast Center for a look at the 2017 BYU football season. You, hey. have, to, you have to explain how that works, though. Middle name plus the name yeah. of the first street you grew up on. Yeah. Okay. Jeremy's Tate McClanahan. And you're Kent North. <laughs> I am Kent North. Yeah. Okay. Here's here's what I think we'll be saying next year. Okay. Next year we'll be saying, should we do the countdown today? That's the first thing we'll be discussing. Ah, yeah. That's probably a very, very <laughs> solid choice. The second thing. Can you believe a five-star recruit is committed to BYU? <laughs> the third thing. Who will replace a member of the BYU football coaching staff? Oh. Who was hired elsewhere because okay. they're awesome. Yeah. Okay. And another thought, uh, we'll just talk about the 2018 schedule, which opens up at Arizona. BYU has uh, Washington on that schedule, of course, Utah, Boise State. It's, it's another good schedule. Cal. So very specific as yeah. to what we will be discussing yeah. Those on four this things day next, next year. year. Mark it down, okay? I like that. Yeah, I like that. That's well played. Now for me and my What do you forecast. have, Kent? Favorable conditions right now for the early hours of the new season, Tate. Sunshine and perfect conditions, in fact, for that opener. But then storm clouds gather over the Houston area. And you've got to have some severe storm gear to get out of the weather in the next three. After that, a few thunderbursts and a cool, calm latter part of the season. Right now calling for 9 to 10 wins with a slight chance of 11. I don't know what the first part of that was, <laughs> but, the, but the wins. Okay, I got you. <laughs> I think BYU, I think we'll be talking about BYU winning 10 games next year. We will give these stats with how many teams won 10 games in the college football campaign yeah. and what percentage is there, 10 and 4, including a bowl game win. And I think BYU, when the AP poll comes out next year, will be right on the cusp of being 24, 25, or just out in that yeah. 24 to 30 range. It'd be nice to get ranked. You called for, you said you thought BYU would be ranked if they won out. And they did, but they weren't. So what we learned there is that BYU needs to get to 10. And, and I think because the last two years BYU has gone 9, that now you need to go up a level. Which is kind of weird because you lose Jamal Williams, you lose Taysom Hill. Why would you go up? I think you need to go up because you play one extra game in the regular season. I think that BYU in the regular season needs to get at least 9 wins. They need to be at least 9-4. and four. And then in the bowl game, if you can get 10, 10 and 4, you're looking at a high probability of getting ranked. Getting ranked as an independent is the only physical, tangible, national relevance validation. 
So BYU needs to do that. I think that's hopefully what we're talking about next year is, hey, BYU was ranked in the final AP poll. So yeah, on this day next year, we're discussing 10-win BYU after a bowl game win, high probability of being ranked in that lower part of the top 25. And just for fun, there will be a Power 5 conference expansion conversation oh, happening come on. at this point Will next there? Year. Really? Yeah. Yeah, of course! In January? It's got- That's wow. May, June, and July <laughs> stuff, man. No. In August. <laughs> It'll Ain't resurface. nobody got. We got basketball. We got signing day in football. We, we got volleyball, we baseball. Don't, we don't decide it. It's when a rumor starts. Like, oh well, BYU had a ten win season, so the Big Twelve is once again interested. But we decide <laughs> to bring it into the show. Oh, no, that what? filled the summer in a great way. You know what? Some people are like, okay, well, BYU gets that extra game. Why te- Why not 11, Jerem? If, if 11's crazy. Get out of here. But with an extra game, 11 and 3. Is there a chance? Sure, there's a chance. What kind of a chance, though? We'll break it down for the next seven months. LSU's yeah. a tough game. Wisconsin's a tough game. Utah's a tough game. Boise State's a tough game. At Mississippi State's a tough game. There, there's some challenging games on the schedule. BYU, just, just get at least nine in the regular season. 11's asking a lot. Oh, I think 10 is asking a lot. In the regular season? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Ten could happen. We'll see. I, I, in the end, a lot of times how BYU does in games decided by seven or less decides what happens on the overall record, especially this year. Jeez. But you look at 2011, the last time BYU was ranked in a final poll. It was the USA Today poll. BYU was not ranked in the AP poll because U, uh, USC was eligible in that one. The USA Today said, we're not going to take USC in this one. So BYU finished ranked. BYU was four and one in games decided by seven or less. The next year, BYU was one and four, and they uh, in twenty twelve, and they won eight games. The difference between getting ranked sometimes is how well do you do in those close games? And this year was defined by close games. And I can't remember BYU's exact record in that, but I think it was around five hundred, right? BYU and a chance of a ten win regular season comes down to two games, in my opinion: Utah and Mississippi State. Mm, not even Boise State. Okay. If BYU wins one of those games, they've got a shot to go 10-3. and Mm. I really feel that way. Our Twitter question today, what will we be discussing at this time next year in regard to BYU football? Coming up, we look ahead to the men's basketball game on Thursday against San Francisco with the president, Coach Cleveland. What does he expect? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU television in high definition. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag BYUSN. Big game for BYU coming up Thursday night. Men's hoops, BYU against San Francisco. The Fighting Ricerones are in town, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. San Francisco had a tremendous non-conference uh, play beat Utah, in fact, at the uh, Diamond Head Classic, which BYU played in last season. It's been a struggle, though, early in conference play because they played St. Mary's and Gonzaga already. So they're 1-3. and three. In fact, half of the league right now, 1-3 and three in conference. Yikes. Two days from now, BYU basketball back on BYU TV. But what about 365 days from now in reference to BYU football and what we will be saying about said team on this day next year? That is our Twitter question today. At Big Bluey tweets in, With big wins over LSU, Boise State, (laughs) 
Okay. Those last, and Utah. Yeah, those two. Are, also yeah. possible. Yeah. We are hyped for Tanner's senior season. Hashtag Heisman. That would be awesome. I did mention uh, I thought BYU's record in, in uh, game side by seven or less was about 500. It was exactly 500. It was four and four. So if BYU goes five and three, that's a 10-win season. You see how much that can swing a season? If you can win those close games. And I thought four and four, given everything that happened, actually was pretty good. The one that sticks in my craw is that Boise State game. Utah and Boise State. I'll never. You can't get six and five turnovers, Utah and Boise State, and not win. Yeah, that, that one happened. That one sticks in my crap. Boise, Boise hey, State. Hey, hey, you do better next year. You beat Utah and Boise State at home. You're gonna feel pretty good about. It. Joining us now, the president coach Steve Cleveland, former BYU head basketball coach, conference championship coach. A coach took BYU to the NCAA tournament, won a tournament title in Vegas. That's been a while. The last BYU coach to win a postseason tournament title. Coach, welcome back to Studio B. Thanks. Good to be with you guys. You've talked a lot about the importance of the Pacific game for BYU and the Cougars needing to show up and certain guys gaining confidence. Well, they win by 29. Five different players score in double figures. How does that bounce-back blowout win help BYU the most? Well, confidence is always critical. I'll I'll take a a real different perspective than maybe you not thought about. It's a lot easier for a coach after wins to be, have some constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. Like you go in after a game and you've blown somebody out, and rather than focusing on the fact that they shot 50% or 41% from the three or that five people were in double figures, those were all positives, and you're going to talk about the positives, but the next day in film, we're going to talk about the mistakes that were made. And, and I, I found as a coach that to keep teams in check, that they need to continue to get better. BYU is going to play five games here against teams that probably on paper they're supposed to beat, all right? What stops that from happening if they get to a point where they're satisfied? And I think a, a win like that, you know, I, I take a couple things from that game. One, I thought the post-defense, even though UOP could not make a basket, I thought it was really soft. I thought that they played behind. They, they got them to get as deep as they wanted. And, you know, it, UOP didn't make them pay for it. But I thought that was something that, that BYU could have been better at. Or it may have been something to do with rebounding or something that Coach Rose and his staff saw. So, yes, it was a bounce back for confidence. Uh, exactly what was expected. But I think this can also be a learning situation over the next two or three weeks. In games that they win, take opportunities to really teach. In these non-St. Zaga games, as I like to call them, (laughs) because that's a phrase, I guess. Uh, Six in a row now um, for BYU. How does BYU avoid a loss in one of those? Because they've averaged 2.6 of those per conference season, which is kind of crazy. One every now and then a slip-up I can understand. 2.6 is a little high. So how does BYU avoid that? Well, I, I think we may need to maybe have a little bit better understanding why I don't think they're going to have a hiccup with these teams. And, and the reason for this is because you've had four brand-new coaches come into programs where something was wrong. In other words, it, they weren't winning enough or there were other issues, academic, whatever it might have been. And then two years ago, San Diego. So if you look at UOP, who beat BYU here last year, the University of San Diego, who's always been tough on their, on their floor, and you look at Santa Clara, new coach, Portland, new coach, you, you realize that there's a transition. I, I would call it the rebuilding of the WCC. Yeah, not because, to mention seriously. San Francisco that's coming in on Thursday. It, it, exactly, well, with Kyle Smith. Yeah, so you're looking at new coaches, new circumstances. They're getting used to the league. I don't think there's ever been a time. Well, this is probably the weakest the bottom half of the league has ever been. Not because there aren't good coaches there or there aren't players trying to do their best. It's just the transition time. And so I would think that in this setting, not that you're going to overlook anyone, but if there's ever a time that BYU would run the table with 
with the bottom half of this league, this would be the year they do it. Steve Cleveland with us on BYU Sports Nation, talking about the Pacific game, looking ahead to San Francisco, and also projecting what BYU will do against the top part of the conference. We'll get to that in just a moment, but we have to talk about Eli Bryant and his resurgence and specifically that performance against Pacific. What does a healthy Elijah Bryant really mean for BYU the rest of the season? If you go back a year ago and from the conversations that I've had with coaches and players and fans that have seen Elijah Bryant, I think there was an expectation that he would be one of the starting guards, if not the point guard. And I think that was where his primary position was going to be. Watching him in practice early on when I first got home, you could see that there was great potential there. Then he gets hurt and he comes back. Here's what I think that he brings to this team. Number one, he has the ability to defend. He, he's strong. He's physical. Number two, he has the ability to penetrate and attack the rim, take a hit, and finish around the basket. He's big enough to make passes into the post, which is helpful against teams that are very good defensively. And it allows BYU to have another guard on the floor that is kind of a triple threat. I love the idea that and I, Elijah Bryant, I, I, we, you know, Mark Bigelow, Travis Hansen, we had some three men. I, I like him at the three as well. I like him posting up. And, and Coach Rose has a variety of uh, offensive sets and things that they can do to, to put him in a position where he can post up from five, six feet and have an advantage, take the hit, get to the free throw line. And it's just another post player where you have two really good ones already. So uh, I like the other fact is that when you play Elijah, uh, with LJ and with TJ and Nick, you can go four out, one in. And when you go for it, when this team goes four out, one in, they are really hard to guard, especially when you put TJ at the, when he gets to the top of the key and he can get into the paint, find wings, he can find post players who are relocating. They can dribble out, take make up and set high post screens and throw the ball in to Elijah there. They, it gives them many more opportunities offensively. And I, and I know it's really going to help him defensively because he can rebound. I think that he's best suited at this point with this group at this time to come off the bench. Do you think that he should stay on the bench? You know, I, I think that's a coaching decision, and I think they'll make that decision, whatever they feel is best for the team. But I don't think it matters. You know, and I, I think if they feel like they have chemistry and they got good things going with LJ starting, start him. LJ is going to be just as important a part of this team as he would be if, you know, uh, he wasn't starting. But the other thing, you got a little more accountability here you got another really good player. So when someone maybe isn't defending as they might, maybe someone took a bad shot or maybe someone seems tired, now with that rotation of four really solid players, and you've still got Bale coming off the bench, he's had extended minutes and he's had his moments, but it's probably going to be those four guards that are going to take most of the minutes. And when somebody is tired or is, is not doing the things they need to do, you can get them out of the game, sit them down, talk to them, and say this needs to be better. And it, right now, up to this point, they really haven't that, had that opportunity to, during a game time, really have that kind of accountability. So I, lo- I love Elijah Bryant in, in this position. I think in that St. Mary's game, he came out firing. He, didn't, you know, it was, he was just so excited to play that uh, he got 12 shots up yeah. <laughs> you know, in, like 19 minutes. in 19 minutes. But, but he, he is going to bring something to this team that they've been missing, and that's some toughness, some defense, and another penetrator, and somebody that can actually post down low. So they don't have a guard that can do that. Does BYU need bench scoring? Because right now that could come from Elijah Bryant. I guess that's the reason I'm like, hey, keep him on the bench, just because you need someone to come in to score. I, I think so. I think you have that. You know, I think <clears> – <throat> St. Mary's playing six people, 
You know, uh, you look at most teams, the, the rotation gets really small. It's, it's, it's six to seven that are going to play in meaningful games. Every, you know, and when the games are getting away from it, everybody gets to play. So I, I do kind of like that idea. But either way, either way, it's going to make BYU better. Steve Cleveland with us in Studio B on BYU Sports Nation. There are six games against teams not named St. Mary's and Gonzaga and 23 days between now and the time that BYU will match up with Gonzaga of the said St. Zaga. What is the biggest improvement that BYU needs to make in order to compete with the Zags in early February? I'd focus on three things. We'll, we'll, we'll start with defense, all right? And I think Elijah's going to help here because it's, it's another body that can get into people and defend. But dribble penetration is still something that they continue to improve on. And they are better than they were three or four weeks ago. But it's still something. I mean, when we allow – when BYU allows teams to, to penetrate from the top of the key or from the wing, it forces our bigs to help – and what's happened is we just haven't had the help side. And oftentimes it's not even the bigs. But the weak side help on penetration has been late. And we've been, we've been a little bit vulnerable. BYU's been a little bit vulnerable to that penetration. Mm. So that is something that I would continue to work on is, is just contain the dribble. Contain the dribble. Number two, post-defense. The, po- the BYU bigs need to get topside. And they need to get their bodies and get them off the block against good teams. When you start playing against Gonzaga and St. Mary's, that we will have capable bigs, you got to get them uncomfortable and get them away from the basket. If they allow deep post touches, really difficult to guard. And then the third thing I think offensively is take the best shot. I'm going to put it that way. Take the best shot. That could be in the first five seconds of the shot clock, in a transition layup or an open three or an inside out. But I think you look for the best shot, and that team understands that mentality. We're going to take the best shot. What is the best shot? And I think as that over the next two or three weeks, as that team, as a BYU evolves, uh, those are things that will prepare them for those two meaningful games. Who is the San Francisco team? Because they were – uh, they're eleven and six. Uh, they beat Utah, but they're only one and three in conference. So, what do you what do you think of uh, the Dons? They shoot the three. They shoot the three. Kyle Smith uh, just he's been at Columbia the last six years. Uh, he was with Randy for eight years. He was at USD with Hank Egan, who was a great coach. He he has been around great coaches, and so he is going to be really solid defensively. They're going to guard. Uh, they're undermanned in, in a lot of situations. Ronnie Boyce is their leading scorer at sixteen points a game. But they love to shoot the three. And when they hit and when they're knocking threes down, they're going to be pretty formidable. But, again, they're in that same situation that we talked about. Brand-new coach, new players, not enough players. Uh, San Francisco, BYU has always shot the ball well at USF. It's always been an up-and-down game. And uh, I don't know if it will be quite as up-and-down, but there will be a lot of, shoot, a lot of threes shot by USF. I wish all of you could see the high level of preparation and, of course, you see the execution from President Coach Steve <laughs> Cleveland, but the notes on the desk, I, he you bring hey, it every week. It's every game, is, every day is game day for <laughs> President Coach Cleveland. Okay? You know what, I, I don't know that I've been as excited off my mission as I was sitting at St. Mary's. I was, sitting next, I was literally sitting next to Tim Lacombe on the bench, you know, where I was doing some radio, and I thought, okay, it doesn't get any better than this. If I, if I can't be coaching and I can't be playing, then let, then let me be broadcasting. Absolutely. And, uh, it, you're you're it, telling it, us, it, man. It, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Uh, thank you for uh, the time that you bring to us and in Studio B. We really appreciate it. Thanks. Good to be with you guys. All right. The president coach, probably the best dressed in Studio B as well. What will we be saying I about... Know. I like your Kyrie Irving. Uh, thank you. Buddy. What will we be saying about BYU football on this day next year? That is our Twitter question today. Coming up, we'll talk college football and specifically that question with David Nixon, the former NFL linebacker. Sounds off on that and the grand finale of college football last night. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan broadcasting in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. Mark your calendars for tomorrow. Two-time National League MVP Dale Murphy will join us for some BYU Sports Nation fun. Well then, Dale Murphy on the show. Awesome. Hey, coming up Friday night, the debut of BYU Gymnastics on BYU TV is at 9 Eastern time. The Cougars take on the Utes. Always a big match. Fifth-ranked Utah in the Marriott Center. No, it's the Red Rocks, right? Red Rocks. They're, they're Red Rocks. The running Red Rock Utes. <laughs> Gymnasties. Refreshing today's BYUSN headlines. College football has officially ended. That means final polls. BYU finished 11 spots out of the concluding AP Top 25, receiving 9 votes. 36, Spencer. The USA Today finalized its 1 through 128 rankings for the 2016 season. BYU finished 30th in that rundown. And the Cougars wrap up at number 31 in ESPN's Football Power Index. Both in our 30s. Appropriate. In ESPN's way too early college football Top 25 rankings of 2017. Two of BYU's opponents are ranked. Wisconsin at 9 and LSU at 15. How many wins will the Cougars have next football season? We'll ask David Nixon. Eric Mika is one of five players on this week's NCAA.com all-week team after averaging 22 points and 10 rebounds all in week. two games. All week like he's not strong? No, like, that's what I said in the first yeah, time I, we did I know. It. I just want to make sure everybody knows that. W-E-E-K. Yeah. All week. The Cougars host San Francisco Thursday at 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Yeah, Eric Mika will show the Don just how unweak yeah, he is. Yeah, he, he, he got some strength. And men's volleyball drops a spot to number four in the ABCA poll. BYU has three home games this week starting Thursday. Watch the Cougars Saturday on BYU TV at 9 Eastern time versus McKendry. David Nixon is joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. David, it's great to have a former NFL and BYU star with us at all times. So thank you for taking time out of your busy day, my friend. You are so gracious uh, every time I come on. Thank you so much. <laughs> you are welcome. Let's, <laughs> let's start with the obvious question. What did you think of the national championship game last night? Uh, unbelievable. I loved it. Every minute of it until, uh, up until the end. I mean, it was a fantastic game. And you got to give props to Clemson. They overcame two turnovers and they completely dominated uh, Alabama yardage-wise. Um, to come up and, and just Deshaun Watson, I mean, driving down that last drive, you know, calm, poised, and just drove all the way, drove the ball all the way down. I, you know, Taysom came up to our house. We watched it yesterday together, and we were both debating what do you do on that last play with six seconds left? Do you run up the middle and then hurry and get down and call a timeout? Um, or do you, you know, we were saying, do you just kick the field goal and go to overtime and, and to, to not risk running the six seconds out? And then when he then when he went for the sprint out, I was like, man, he better not get caught up and, and try to juke somebody out and waste the seconds away and you know and and, and uh, the clock go out. But sure enough, great rubber out there, ran on the outside and opened wide up and uh, got the touchdown. So awesome game, fun to watch and um, kind of fun to see somebody other than Alabama win it. 
Yeah, and uh, and of course, Dabo Sweeney, the the whole his whole story of of being alum at, at Alabama and, and winning and now Clemson, kind of a cool story too. So, um, just football wise, loved it. It was it was an awesome game. How will you fill the next eight months of your life as we wait for BYU and Portland State? I ask myself that every day now. Um, <laughs> it, well, it's funny because Taysom and I were kind of at halftime. We're like, dude, we got to cherish this. We only have two more quarters of football, college football, that is, uh, till, till August. Um, on the bright side, my wife, I told her, I was like, hey, after the game, I go, look, it's over. Like, college football's over until August. She's like, but it's not really over because you've got NFL, you've got basketball. And I'm like, yeah, kind of good point. You got about <laughs> mid June. You got, got mid June and July is what you got. And she's like, all right, I'll take that. So uh, we'll, we'll figure something out. Basketball's always a nice transition um, to, to kind of ease out of the football. Uh, style but uh you know it's been it's been a great season it's been, it's been fun watching college football all around just the parody that we saw this year and um you know the playoffs it was nice to have the to have the college football in on a good game because if you were at the playoffs i mean bama smacked u-dub and then clemson put it to ohio state and those weren't even competitive games kind of a boring game so it's nice to at least have a competitive good solid national championship game that we could all watch your wife brings up a great point because between recruiting and signing day and pro days and the spring NFL ball. combine and spring ball, yeah, there, there is a lot to talk about in regard to football, not to mention camp starting up early, a week early for BYU because they get that game against Portland State. So we'll worry about Sorry, the, Jess. the June-July stuff when, it, when that happens, right? I, I accept. Okay. <laughs> what did you think of Kalani Satake's performance as part of ESPN's Megacast in the coach's film room? I thought it was awesome. To be honest, we only I could only watch like 10 minutes of it because I was watching with some family members, and they're not used to watching film. And if you noticed, on one of the screens, they'd always rewind it, kind of like you were watching it uh, like in the film room. And all of a sudden, I had some of the young the, the, the women in the room were saying they're getting dizzy from uh, going back and forth. They're like, we have to change it. But for like the 10 minutes that we did watch it, uh, it, was, it was awesome because I felt like Kalani was almost the central focus of the room. And I felt like all the coaches were looking to him and, and always asking him questions, and he was kind of the jokester, and everyone uh, was kind of um, just, just paying attention to what he said. And, and I, I kind of took a step back, and I thought, that's what makes Kalani so great, is he goes into recruits' homes, um, and he wins over these recruits because they feel how genuine he is and just how great of a guy he is. And a coach, I mean, he, was, he, he showed off his intelligence quite a few times, explained different type of routes and what he would have done. Um, and it seemed like he was the, the main guy in that room. And you had some, you had some coaches, Colorado's coach, who uh, I think won one uh, one of the coach of the year awards, yeah. um, and, and you know, and, and now Baylor's coach, and you had some you had some big time schools in there, but I, I feel like Kalani kind of stole the show, at least for the for the you know ten fifteen twenty minutes that we watched it. So um, it, it was fun to watch, and, and once again, his personality comes out. And I think that's what makes everyone grow onto him, especially recruits. As we come around to a very crucial time in uh, the, the year with with recruiting coming up and signing day coming up, um, it's uh, it's obviously a really important time, and I think. I was thinking the same thing. BYU with that exposure uh, for for potential recruits to see that as well, um, it's huge. And so for Kalani to take time out of his busy schedule to to go out there and, and be you know be part of that uh, was pretty cool. A lot of recruiting happens starting in like eighth or ninth grade, right? Through a, a player senior season, this coaching staff has been in place for a year, so you're still behind the eight ball a little bit, but it's going to be better than last year when they had like a month, right? So what do you expect? with a full year of continuity from this coaching staff on signing day coming up in February. 
Well, if there's anything I learned from this coaching staff is they're not afraid to target the big-time recruits. Um, and, and they, they first go make sure it's going to be a good fit. Uh, but they're not afraid to go after guys that are being offered by USC, Alabama, uh, Ohio State are in the mix. They'll go ahead, go, BYU will go ahead and throw their hat in the ring and, and see if we can grab one of those. And, and I think you're starting to see guys that are, are decommitting and uh, you've seen guys that are transferring from big-time universities. And I think the Kalani effect will continue to happen as, as, as kids get to know them a little bit and they trust them and they see the success that you can have on the field. I mean, if you recruit, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball, and even on the defense side of the ball, you see Tanner Mangum coming back um, now for his junior year, experienced quarterback. You see Ty Detmer, what he's able to do with his offense. You see how they were able to finish strong last year and, and, and the type of schedule they played. And then, of course, as a, as a coach, you're going in there and telling the type of schedule you're playing next year with LSU, Wisconsin, Utah. I mean, these are all big-time uh, opponents that you're playing on big-time stages. And so, you know, I think independence is helping Kalani, but I think more anything that his personality and who he is uh, is what's really going to win over these recruits. And I'm excited to see how they kind of finish out. I, I think BYU nabs a couple big time guys that really aren't on the radar right now. Uh, that at the last minute will, will kind of switch over um, their their decision because of the Kalani effect and, and what he's able to do. BYU will play 13 regular season games next year because of the Hawaii exception with the addition of Portland State. They'll have a warm-up game before they go to LSU and take on the Tigers in that Advocare Texas invite. What will BYU's record be in 13 regular season games? Hey, I'm going double-digit wins. I, I think BYU is 10-3. And I, I, I don't think it's super unrealistic. I mean, look, listen, LSU is going to be LSU. That's going to be tough. That's almost a home game for them. Houston's about five hours from Baton Rouge. So that's, that's, uh, that, that's going to be a tough one. So you bark that one down. I think finally we get the youth at home um, with, with, a, with an experienced quarterback. Utah's a mess with changing out their offensive coordinator every year for the last 30 years. So that's a mess. <laughs> uh, then, then you got Wisconsin here at home. I, I mean, they're going to be a top 10 program. They face Utah State and Florida Atlantic in their first two weeks. So those are going to be automatic wins. They'll probably move up to six, five, six, seven, something like that. They'll, they'll be maybe even top five by the time they come to Provo. That could be a tough one, but who knows if we can steal that. But I think, I think that Mississippi State game at Mississippi State with, with the way they finished the season as well and what they put on, you know, put on the table, that could be a tough game. Uh, but other than that, I think, uh, I think BYU can, can roll. And I, I think you know, if, they can, if they can put it all together and, and guys can step in and guys continue to learn this system, um, I, mean, I, think, I think it could be a special year. I mean, you, you look at this year and what that defense was able to do with, with Elisa Tuiaki. I was actually talking to Chad Lewis about this this last week. I mean, it was impressive uh, with, with guys that were kind of playing out of position and, and didn't really have the depth that, we, that we, I think everyone hoped for because of injuries. Um, with Travis Tuiloma and some other big-time players going out. Um, still, with that being said, with the defense was able to accomplish and then offensively uh, what they were able to do and how close we were in all the games, and we've talked about that forever, but just, just the margin of, of losses, um, man, you put that all, all together, I, I think it, it matches up for a pretty awesome uh, 2017 season. I put on the medium-sized I guess these are the large. So I, I can see 10 now through these. In fact, if I put on the extra large ones, hey, I see just, 13. I, I, I see 13 I through these ones. There. I laid it out there, the teams that I think we're going to struggle against. And uh, you look at the rest of the schedule, I think they're winnable games for sure. Yeah, if you can, if you can avoid uh, anything disastrous in September, you got, you got a shot. Um, and, and as we kind of chronicled earlier in the show, if you can get to 10 wins – they have a great shot at, at finishing ranked, which would be awesome. Which brings us to this, our Twitter question today, David. What will we be saying about BYU football on this day next year? Oof. 
Uh, that's a, I, I, well, ten win season. You're obviously ranked. I think you're in the top fifteen. Um, you know, I, to get to a New Year's Bowl, it's just it's it's tough these days. But I, I don't see why BYU couldn't um, be that team. Uh, but they've got. Here's the thing. This year, there were some games that we saw where where the ball literally didn't bounce BYU's way. Right. I mean, you, you saw the close losses, and and the ball bounces BYU way in, in one or two of those, and you're playing a New Year's Bowl game. So, um, you know, I. If, if, if BYU can be a little fortunate, a little more fortunate next year, um, and, and have that ball bounce their way, and, and you get into that 10-11 win season, I think we're we're looking back on it saying, hey, had a chance to play a big P5 program and and you know one of the New Year's Day bowls. So um, I, hopefully, I'm hoping. I mean, that, these are these are these are pretty lofty expectations. But, it is January 10th, but we're having fun. But I I crave football and why not we just talk about this type of stuff so um <laughs> you know i i it would it would be obviously a fantastic fantastic season but listen i think i think the bar was set pretty high with what kalani was able to do this year and when, and like i said what the defense is able to do and and i don't see why they don't ride that momentum into the off season and into next year and, and see what they can do and, and try to make it a really special season David, great stuff. I'm sure we'll be talking to you a lot because there is still plenty of football to talk over the next three to four months in a roundabout way. Also, when the snow melts, let's play golf. 100%. Always in for that. (laughs) David Nixon, thanks, man. All right, guys. Take care. On the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. He He said the weird New Year's Six, so I'm like... Extra large blue goggles. Ten <laughs> wins in the regular season. I right, think. I think right. it was fair yeah, for okay. this, the uh, medium-sized blue goggles. Well, I, I think these are re- like these are regular, and then I would call these large. And these are extra. And those large. are extra large. Okay. Let's, yeah. Let's yeah. Just, yeah. This is these are ten these wins are in the regular ludicrous season. Ludicrous size. Yeah, ludicrous. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, your tweets. Send them in using the hashtag BYUSN. What are we going to be talking about this day next year? Redonkulous. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live in Studio B. If you miss an episode of this show in its live format, the rebroadcast airs each and every weeknight on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. Listen up, yo. BYU men's volleyball is back on BYU TV coming up Saturday night, 9 Eastern. BYU taking on a team named McKendry. Uh, a lady named McKendry. Oh, well, that should be an easy win. By the way, McKendry is coached by uh, a lady. No kidding. That's, pr- yeah, That's I, very cool, I think actually. she's the only one in uh, men's volleyball. That's pretty cool. Absolutely. Yeah, in so the Smithfield house. McKendry actually plays Thursday night against BYU TV. Or against BYU. Against BYU TV. BYU TV is going to have a team. We're going to play McKendry. <laughs> And Friday is... We would get rocked. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> ben Bagley, our producer, can play. Uh, Friday, BYU plays Concordia Irvine, who is coached by Sean Patchell, former BYU head coach. And they'll be in the MPSF next season. The coaching tree of Carl McGowan and yeah. just from BYU in general is unbelievable. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Pretty Hugh McCutcheon, cool the best of those, who's the USA. Yeah. Well, one gold with USA uh, men in a way. Our Twitter question today, what will be will we be saying about BYU football on this day next year, January 10th, 2018, or the day after the national championship for that matter? Let's go to the Twitter machine. You got tweets. At Twiggy or Stone says solid second season, young talent struggled early, but got better as season progressed, posed for a strong third year. Okay. Pretty conservative take. I like it. No blue goggles required. 
ten and four. I think that's I, I kind of want line with what we are yeah, thinking. Yeah, we didn't ask you for the win total. We'll do that another day. So yeah, yeah, probably uh, a few other days. <laughs> yeah, at Beast at thirty two. My bold prediction of twenty seventeen is BYU goes to the Fiesta Bowl. Wow! Blue goggle alert! Blue goggle for alert! For BYU to get into Blue a New Year's Six alert. game, they're gonna have to have a uh, like a twelve win season. Twelve. Okay, so next we're, year we're talking twelve and, and one I, in the I, regular season. Twelve and one, not eleven and two. No, two lo- two, a two loss BYU is never going to a New Year's Six game. Even if there are five potential openings, because they're, it's more favorable next year. Yeah, I, I just don't see it as an independent. Like, I want it. I think that it, unless BYU has one or zero losses, they're not getting into New Year's Six. I don't think people understand that BYU ha- has, to get like this, has to get an at-large bid. Like, this, this year, you'd ha- you're competing with the likes of... Uh, uh, you you know you, USC out of the Pac-12 or what? Uh, Wisconsin no Wisconsin out of the Big Ten Auburn out of who the is SEC. a top six team Michigan you know what I mean? like do you do you understand the level we're talking about we're talking about top ten teams right and so so I'm saying that's 11, why eleven and two BYU no, eleven and two loss. eleven and two BYU could not be in the top fifteen. Yes, but they're not going to get an at large bid even if there are like, five oh, openings. They're 14. No, no, no. Wow. You need one or no losses, okay? Wow. So, so don't make New Year's Six the goal to me. That, like, like, sure, uh, sorry, rephrase. You can make that the goal. That's yeah, fine. Bold prediction, The, the right? expectation would be, okay, let's get a double-digit wins and see if BYU can get ranked. At Melocopter, we'll be saying the following. Why is Corbin Kafusi playing basketball when he just led the nation in sacks? <laughs> because he's a baller. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> At Crazy Cook Fanatic, we are sure going to miss Tanner when he goes to the NFL. I've heard this idea for the last couple of years. Listen, a th- like a 3,000-yard passer, that's not a crazy thing, okay? Tanner Mangum's good. I don't think he's going to be going early to the draft, though. Eric Meek, on the other hand, that dude's, that dude's going to be going early You're concerned to the draft. about that one. <laughs> no, I'm not concerned. That's going to happen. Like, he won't be here four no. years. What I'm saying is you're concerned about the fact that he won't be here all four years. Yeah. Well... Yeah. I mean, Eric Mika could go after this year. Anyone concerned about that? I am. Yeah. Please make it manifest, right? <laughs> I, 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 want, I want Eric Mika to be here one more year just to see, just to see what could happen. Mr. Underscore Flintstone 94 manifesting this tweet. <laughs> Schedule was easier than expected. BYU pulled out a 10-win season and got selected to and won a great bowl game. That's what I'm talking about. That's what you want, right? Double digit wins. Go to, we don't know the bowl game at the end of this season. Nine and right four now. going into the bowl game with a chance to get ten wins. Fantastic. That sounds great. I'll t- sign me up. There's only two at large bids this year, so for sure ain't happening. Wait, wait, then did they switch something I th- up? I thought it was I it went, well, it went five three one. Yeah, I thought it was five three one, five three one. So we'll look into that. Yeah. Unnecessarily, but we will. How it was set up initially <laughs> and explained through the College Football Playoff Committee and the New Year's Six Committee was that it would be 5 3 1 5 3 1. The reason is uh, they're Power Five Conference that tie in to certain bowls. So you're not going to have an at large berth in the Rose Bowl because it's always going to be a semifinal or the Pac 12 versus the Big Ten. Correct. And so on and so forth, yes. depending on the bowl. So Fiesta has an at large occasionally, Cotton has an at large occasionally. And yeah, so it, it depends. It depends on the boat. The group of five champ gets an auto bid. Dot, dot, dot. 
Highest ranked group of five team, I guess. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, the rankings remix once again. Plus, BYU-LSU, one of the best non-conference games in the season. Please make it manifest. Please make it manifest. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. College football is officially ended. <sighs> that means final polls. BYU finished no! 11 spots out of the final AP Top 25 poll, receiving nine votes. The USA Today finalized its 1 through 128 rankings for the 2016 season. BYU finished 30th in that rundown. The Cougars, 31st in ESPN's Football Power Index. The Associated Press has updated its top 100 college football programs of all time. BYU stays at number 34. Pretty good. Yeah. Utah by uh, just just throwing it out there. Uh, 63. Four spots ahead of Air Force. In ESPN's way too early college football top 25 rankings in 2017, two of BYU's opponents are ranked Wisconsin at 9, LSU at 15. And the Sporting News just announced the top 14 non-conference college football games to watch in September. And the Advocare Texas kickoff between LSU and BYU on September 2nd. Number 14, men's basketball. Eric Mika, one of five players on the NCAA.com's all-week team after averaging 22 points and 10 rebounds. Not W-E-A-K, by the way. Yeah. Cougars host San Francisco Thursday at 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Volleyball. BYU drops the spot to number four in the ABCA pool. BYU has three home games this week starting Thursday. Watch the Cougars Saturday on BYU TV at 9 p.m. Eastern time against McKendrick. Gymnastics. Four BYU gymnasts earned weekly awards from the Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference. Mackenzie Douglas, vault specialist of the week. Brittany Wild-Haas and Jesse Westergaard shared bar specialist. And Shannon Hortman was the beam specialist and gymnast of the week. Soccer. Women's Soccer Weekly has Ashley Hatch and Michelle Vasconcelos in the National Women's Soccer League draft. Top 15. The draft is Thursday. Good luck. Future guests include two-time National League MVP, Dale Murphy, on tomorrow. Do not miss that. Very nice. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Jerem? I go Steve Sarkeesian. I thought in his uh, debut as the Alabama offensive coordinator, the former BYU quarterback, and that's the thing that Kalani Stocke said on ESPN News, is the greatest thing about Steve Sarkeesian, that he played quarterback at BYU. I thought he uh, called a good game. 31 I, points I should have been enough a to win. beautiful game. With that defense? Come on, man. Sean Watson, too much. Our Twitter question, what will we be saying about BYU football on this day next year at Black Goose 13 says, finally beat Utah, first of many. That's what I'm talking about. Elite tweet of the day, at YFangirl underscore JB. Think, if Mo Longy would have served in the Gold's Gym mission, that tackle's record would have been broken much faster. Oh boy, Mo Longy. <laughs> you can tell him like a month. Thanks to Steve Cleveland, Dave Nixon, and everyone on the crew. Conversation continues on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUSN. Show on demand. Download the podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Jordan Ellis. BYU Sports Station, back to work tomorrow. Motokoi, motokiai takalolangi.